Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. Yes, and here we are again on a Friday. Glad you're with us as we close out the week on Penny for Your Thoughts, News Talk 1400 WDWS. How's your day going? Ready for the weekend? The weather has been terrific here with the warmer temperatures and hopefully the uh, farmers getting in the fields, gardens, all of that's taking place here as we work our way through the month of May and we're up to uh, May the 4th now and our high today of 77, 66 here in our downtown studio momentarily at the moment, mostly uh, sunny. Had a beautiful sunrise this morning on the way into work, sun breaking through uh, some clouds here a little bit in downtown. Looks pretty nice out there. Glad you're with us again today, wherever you might be listening. Another busy show for you today uh, between 9 and 11. Have an open line, open forum here in this first hour, so the floor is yours on a variety of topics. I'll put some topics out there, and then if there's something uh, you want to nibble on with those or if you want to pass something along our way that you want to bring up, feel free to do so. I think sometimes some of the best uh, open line uh, conversations are what you start. There's something you bring up, and it's an idea or a thought, and somebody else builds on that, and it spreads like wildfire pretty quickly. So if you have something like that you want to bring up, feel free to do it. Some of the uh, headlines, though, of the day, of course, you have the uh, ever-present talk uh, here with the uh, Mueller probe, Trump, Giuliani, Stormy Daniels. Uh, I've got a, a story about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I wanted to get to at the very end of the hour yesterday, the end of the show. Could not do it uh, in time. You've got uh, the president speaking at the NRA down in Dallas. You've got this uh, volcano in Hawaii. Locally, the uh, Burnham Mansion being moved. You may have heard about that in the last day or so. The charter school denied by Unit 4 School Board. Chris Kleppel was on last night uh, yesterday with Scott Beatty. If you happen to hear that, it's on a podcast as well. And uh, some of the other miscellaneous items to uh, talk about uh, certainly doesn't lessen their importance, just a variety of items. Uh, There are fewer umpires and officials, referees, to choose from for the IHSA. Uh, Parents getting a little overzealous at some of these games. That's been a story. It's been a big story in the Tribune today. We'll talk about that. The Illini sports team's doing extremely well. Baseball and softball, big weekend. Bleacher Bum uh, Barbecue coming up tonight. You've got the beer tent. They're going to be selling some alcohol for the first time at the Illinois game. We'll uh, talk about that a little bit later this hour as well. Softball, their biggest tailgate, world's largest tailgate this weekend. And uh, all the spring sports teams at Illinois doing extremely well, so we'll get into that. And a uh, nice honor for the 2004-2005 men's basketball team. I'll be at that event uh, tomorrow night. I'll tell you what that is all about here as we work our way through the show. Whatever is on your mind, though, is a fair game here as we get it started this morning. Then in the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to visit with the parents of Kayla Mueller. If you remember Kayla, she was a humanitarian worker. Her parents are former Champaign residents. They're coming back to town. Uh, She was kidnapped and uh, killed in Syria, kidnapped by ISIS at one point. Uh, They're not quite sure how she perished. Either it was an airstrike or 
by her kidnappers. I don't know if it's ever been officially determined, but uh, they are speaking in town this weekend, and we'll tell you where and when and uh, if you'd like to uh, go hear what they have to say. But we're going to have a quick preview of all of that coming up in the 10 o'clock hour uh, here this morning. So we have a full show for you again today. We're at 9.09 here on Penny for Your Thoughts, and we'll get it going after this opening timeout here on this Friday, May the 4th. Welcome back, Penny, for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS on this Friday. How about your favorite business or service companies? As part of the News Talk 1400 WDWS, the News Gazette Media is the people's choice. It's the best of East Central Illinois. Go to WDWS.com and cast your votes. In some or all, a hum of 150 categories, the people's choice. Brought to you in part by Central Illinois Credit Union. We're on a penny for your thoughts here today, so a penny for your thoughts as we uh, end up this week. And uh, got a fun week for you next week as well as we work our way through the month of May. Doug is our leadoff hitter today. Hi, Doug. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Brian. Sunny day, isn't it nice? Yeah, man. <laughs> we're, change. we're spoiled right. now. Uh, an environmental concern, and I've been working on this for a long time, as you know. Up here we have Chinook Air Force Base, and when it was built, the housing was built with all kinds of asbestos, tile, and other materials, and lead paint. When they sold the base, closed the base in 1993, they started selling all the housing off it cheap, as cheap as they could, the same with the structures. As a member of the Chinook Restoration Advisory Board, I and others were able to get the Air Force to remove asbestos and lead paint from some of the structures that are being used. The other thing we still need to get done, and I proposed a resolution for the Rantoul Village Board to adopt, that we call on the U.S. Air Force to complete the re- removal or encapsulation of all of the asbestos and lead paint that's in the remaining housing on the base. As you know, the people that live on this base don't have the money, the economics, the knowledge to take care of it themselves, and so they, that's a severe medical, you know, potential medical problem mm-hmm. needs to be resolved. The other thing, along with the same thing as the asbestos and lead paint, all the contamination that was out there before and is still out there, it's affecting myself and all the other ones. We lost Bill Clayton, died from the trichloroethylene exposure. And what I've been trying to do is get the Air Force to notify all of the former schnooters and the people in the area of the extent of contamination that existed before or still does so they can get medical care. But as you know, we've been working on this for a long time. God bless you guys all. The military doesn't want to acknowledge you know, or take any responsibility or accountability for this. So your uh, resolution, did you get it in front of the of the village in Rantoul? Yeah, I gave, I gave it out to them. Obviously, they were so busy, you know, lately on mm-hmm. the budget, which mm-hmm. you know, has to take a priority. But now that's done, and I've called them and called them repeatedly, and I've handed it to some of the uh, board members, asked them to do it. But the same thing we keep running into is whenever we try to get it done, the Air Force just runs into a roadblock. And as we know, the military and the Air Force has just caused gross contamination all across the nation and communities all over where they closed the base and left contamination, or when we went overseas, the same thing. And, um, and then the other thing, too, any of us that speak out, as you know very well, and you've got all the documentation, we face uh, direct retaliation for speaking out and saying, hey, we need to get this cleaned up. Hmm. It's a nightmare beyond imagination. Hopefully today I'm going to finally get medical care at the VA after two years of arguing and fighting. And, you know, we had doctors fired and chief of staff fired. But uh, Yeah. 
Well, good luck. I, I yeah. hope that works out for you. You can get that yeah, done. Yeah, we need so. everybody in the public to get together to call for it because the contamination on Chanute does not just stay on Chanute or stay at the fence line. It's affecting the entire community, or it has affected the entire community. And, you know, people don't understand it because they don't want to look at it and they don't want to think because they saw the Air Force as a sugar daddy and then to realize, well, there are health and environmental consequences mm-hmm. thereof. Hey, Doug, thanks for the call. i got others waiting, but thank you. Thanks, there yep. always, Brian. Appreciate it. Have a great day. 916. If any for your thoughts, News Talk 1400 is where you are listening at the moment. What happened to the sun? Disappeared again. <laughs> at least in downtown. All right. Uh, let's go to Bob. Hey, Bob, good morning. Yes, I have some questions uh, for different things, which I don't know if the person you had on yesterday talking about immigration. Mm hmm. And people coming across the border and, you know, not just uh, Hispanics, but I'm talking about anybody that comes across the border and have to come become a citizen. And i like to know how some of these people wind up with government help and link cards and everything else before they even become a citizen. The thing is, this is what I've said before, they probably already got friends or relatives that's already been here in the United States. So they all they have to do is give them their link card because there's no picture ID. Hmm. They, the same way you say maybe with WIC to get certain things that there's no picture ID in those cards either. Yeah, you know, and so they could just get something off their friends or their relatives that's been citizens here when they come into the country, and here the taxpayers pay for all that extra. And I think that's one thing could eventually bring down their economy is uh, as far as taxes go, that there a lot of people out here are getting a free ride. And same thing with the people that already are citizens. That all they have to do is give them their link card. They never check for ID. Hmm. Yeah, well, it is a mess. I, I, I It's a multi-layered mess, you know. <laughs> That's why, uh, yeah. you know, they've been pushing for some kind of, you know, in Washington, some somehow do something about this, and I, there's I no, there, before, you know, there's not got there's, to get to the place. It's got to get to the place where they have picture ID on hmm. on this on these government uh, cards, and that that'll that'll help start correct it. Yes. Yeah. Because if they can't show ID with the driver's license or picture ID or picture ID on the link card. If it's somebody else's, then they can't get their mm-hmm. commodities or where they need to get. Mm. All right. Hey, thanks for your input, Bob. All right. Good to hear Bye. from you. Have a great day, 919, and a great weekend. We're on the phones here. If you want to text us, you can feel free to do that. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. You can email us, talk at wdws.com. Let's go to Brian. Hey, Brian, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Brian, I'd like to uh, ask where all the President Trump defenders are. Where are they? I mean, uh, Mitch McConnell, he's been silent. Uh, Paul Paul Ryan's been silent. You know, Jeff Sessions is AWOL. Uh, you know, cripe if uh, the press would go nuts if, uh, you know, the uh, FBI raided uh, Bill Clinton or Barack Obama's uh, personal attorney's office. 
you know, and yeah. Rush Limbaugh <laughs> said yesterday that, uh, you know, these people are afraid that they're going to, you know, if they come out that uh, the people with the long knives are going to come after them, you know, and destroy them, kind of like they're doing with everybody around the Trump campaign. Yeah, well, to me, it's, it's uh, and you know this, Brian, you follow this stuff, I mean, and people have commented on it, it's, it's Trump is like oil and Washington's like water. And, you know, you've got, poli- you've got politicians on both, in both parties that, to them, Trump is like a foreign, you know, a, a virus or whatever. You can't, you, he's not from there. He's not of their, you know, and so they don't know what to do with him. I mean, he, he says things. And, yeah, <laughs> he, he, he does things that, he, that you're, you're not supposed to do in politics. I mean, they're, they're all political animals. You know, there's a yeah, certain, the- there's a, there's a certain parlor game you play on both sides and he's not in that grit and he's not, he's not part of that game. So, I mean, and he just happens to hold the most powerful office in the land. So that's, that's a lot of the, I think the hesitation sometimes they jump in and support when it's politically advantageous, but when the heat's on the, you know, they're going to go somewhere else. Well, you know, they're, they're part of the swamp. <laughs> and he is, he's the cleaning agent. He's the disinfectant that they, you know, they, they don't want him to ruin all their nice, sweet little deals and setups and uh, upset Washington. Yeah, well, that's know, right. So. And he, and he's got his own issues. There's no doubt. I mean, he's, you know, he comes with a lot of baggage himself. So well, he's not yeah. perfect, but he's a doer. Yeah. You know, he's a businessman. He's a doer. He wants to see things done and he's done quite a bit already and a, a lot of it he's not gotten any credit for well the jobs report is pretty good again today and um, excellent of course you got north korea uh you know a summit coming up there and uh, there's different things you know that are getting done in spite of uh you know i think he shoots himself uh, undercuts a lot of his uh, the things he does get done by how he acts or what he says or or this or that okay. but that's that that's who he is i mean people knew that before you know they watched his tv shows he's been in the the media spotlight for how many decades now i mean people know who he is that's who he is yeah and you yeah. don't hear too much about isis anymore either no that's right you know they're still out there but yeah you're right they're not the they're not the daily menace that they were right not so, not at the peak of where they were yeah not not at the peak and uh you know he he's a doer and uh you know the the, the Washington establishment hates him on both sides, and mm-hmm. there aren't any defenders out there. Yeah. All right. Hey, Brian, thanks for the talk. Mm-hmm. Great to visit with you again here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Open forum, open mic. We'll preview a little bit towards the end of this hour uh, if you're headed to the baseball game and hopefully get some good weather for that. I think we do. Just a very slight chance of rain, both uh, baseball and softball playing this weekend at uh, Eichelberger Field and over at Illinois Field. Remember now, one field's in Champaign and one's in Urbana. But the weather will be the same regardless. Uh, let's go to uh, Tony. Tony, good morning. Good morning. Um, yeah, I think the politicians have found a bigger cheat and liar than any of them have ever thought they were or imagined. Um, probably why they're being silent. But my question to you is about the reverse of comments on the stormy daniels payment we talked about it like three weeks ago and you kind of made me feel that it was a made-up lie i guess i want to know what your thoughts were now after rudy came on and basically said that 
they did pay Michael Cohen um, for that and see if your thoughts personally have changed. Well, I don't know if I ever said it was a... If he had an affair with a porn star um, or not. I don't know if it's a made-up... I never said it was a made-up lie. I just don't know what's true and what's not. You you quoted, and I'll quote you, that you said you just didn't think it was something you could believe. And I I guess my question to you is now, do you think you could believe it now? Oh, I've, I've always, well, (laughs) maybe, but I think what I've always thought is, you know what Trump is and who he is. I mean, and and the the fact that a rich, powerful man would be involved with different women or whatever. I mean, I don't think that's a shock. Not that it should be condoned or it should be, but that's, you know, but I mean, who knows? You see so much tabloid stuff out there that it's just hard to follow one to the next. And I think my thoughts were, I don't know what to believe. So. But what do you? But when Rudy Giuliani comes out and kind of explains what happened, yeah. Hey, hey, Tony, you're breaking up a little bit. You want to? Are you, can you hear me now? Hello. <laughs> All right, call me back, Tony. I don't know. That wasn't that wasn't me. That was you. So, anyway, happy to continue. Uh, let's see here. We're at nine twenty-five. And let's go to uh, Carl. Hey, Carl. Hi, Brian. How are you today? Good. What's up? Well, it's a great day. I'm sitting on my porch with this little puppy dog, Aggie, enjoying the weather. But I just want to say, you know, um, I'm celebrating 50 years this fall of high school graduation from Central Centennial. But that's not the reason I called. The reason I called was I read the newspaper obituaries every day to see who who's not going to make the reunion. But the big thing is I see the American flags. I don't know if those people have to pay for that in the paper, but it's amazing. Um, every day there's a, another uh, military person that uh, served in World War II that I never knew about that lives within 50 miles from me. And the other thing is um, sometimes in the paper they don't, they, since they got to pay for that ad, they that obituary, they don't have much, so I have to go to the funeral home to find something about it but sometimes it doesn't tell the whole story that i'm sure those people have but uh Hmm. uh, i've been posting uh off and on and i just started up again i do it every day um anybody that served in world war ii because they are of the greatest generation i don't and i know i'm talking fast because you're going to cut me off no no you're fine okay what i wanted to say was i don't know the percentage of the people that served in world war ii didn't make it home disappeared or made it home and suffered for years or uh, made it home and never told anybody they served in World War II. You know, there's people that served in inventory, uh, Omaha Beach that I've read, uh, all kinds of things. But it's just amazing to keep track of that. But I put it on Facebook so it'll be on Facebook so every five years it might show who, who who's yeah. passed away. Sometimes yeah. I've posted people. Sometimes I posted people, and somebody says, "I know that person real well." I, gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But uh, well, as you ought to it, keep a running total on it. Well, as you know, that generation in general, especially those who fought, just didn't like to. I don't know if it was no want to brag about themselves or didn't want to talk about it or just were being modest. But there's, you're right. There's probably thousands and thousands of people that, you know, did things, but they never brought it up. It's never mentioned until they're, you know, passed away. The same as as true as today. There's people who do things that are nice to people, 
and uh, on Facebook there's a spot spotted in Champagne Urbana good things, but uh, there are good things done by people every day. Like my neighbor, I came out of the house earlier this week and I was on my phone and he's 85 and I noticed he had he was on the ground, but I figured he's working. But I went over there and he, I said, "What? How you doing?" And he said, "Fine, but I just can't get out get up on this chair." So I helped him, but hmm. you know I. I don't report that to anybody or if I'm nice to the neighbor or anything like that because not that it's a big deal. It is a big deal mm-hmm. for me and the person that I did it to, but, well, but uh, I think, somebody uh, above knows about oh, it. Oh, I think, I, think, uh, I think God's keeping track. So. <laughs> oh, I, I really believe that. You know, yeah. I, I posted, uh, it's amazing about Facebook. Uh, watch what you post because people will respond to it. I don't allow cutting down the President of the United States on there, whether it was any of the presidents or any of them that got in trouble, but uh, I posted something about um, prayer, and I have two people on my Facebook page that I've never met, but they told me they don't believe in anything. But one said he read the Bible. He's read it through twice. Well, that's interesting to know. There's a lot of people that only have read one book and then listen to the minister talk every Sunday, and they they leave a a more... um, Christian life, but you don't know because they don't ever tell about what they've done mm-hmm. they, until they die and says, oh, this person gave this amount of money to uh, Samaritan's Purse or whatever, or mm-hmm. this person was a billionaire and gave away half his income. Yep. Um, those those but, make for um, the best stories, I think, too, you know? Oh, they do, and yeah. um, but um, I've still got to respond to my two uh, people that claim to be atheists, the one that has read the Bible through Twice. I don't know why he read it through twice if he doesn't believe. Um, just to brag, I guess. But uh, yeah. um, maybe some of it'll stick. <laughs> oh, I I believe it. You know, yeah. it's, it's uh, we're all on a journey of choices, and it's uh, and um, some of us take a lo- little bit longer to. Um, we'll call up DWS on Penny Free Thoughts. Not everybody. Mm-hmm. There was a radio station a while back. Every time he called up, and it was a first time caller, they. Oh, shishing on the cash register. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you want to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> Ring a bell or whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I'm I'm done for Fridays and right. and um, I'll uh, I'll stand back and listen and maybe people will respond to what I said. Maybe they'll say, "Oh, I know that guy. That's Squeaky Carl." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a a, a squeaky voice sometimes. Hey, that's okay. You did great. Yeah. But, uh, tell Mike Hill I said hi. I will. Thank you, Carl. Bye. Have a great weekend. We'll take a quick break. Come back on the other side with news headlines. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Back on Penny for your thoughts. If you've had an accident recently, Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair is the full-service collision repair facility you need to contact. They take what they do very, very serious. They've been doing it for a very long time, 18 years in the business, 23,000 vehicles repaired. They're absolutely hands-on. They're in the shop every day. That's why they put their name on the business. We're talking about Dave Miller and Bill Gallo, and I I think it's Bill's birthday today. 
I think that's right. It's Bill or Dave's birthday. I can't remember which one. They'll know. They know the collision repair business inside and out. In fact, Dave spent a number of years as an insurance adjuster, returning to his first love, fixing cars, before starting Gallo Miller. He ran body shops at other notable businesses in the area. Conveniently and centrally located in Champaign-Urbana, look for their attractive building on the south side of I-74 between the Neal Street and Prospect exits, gallomiller.com. Back to the phones here. They've been busy today, and uh, Joan is with us. Good morning, Joan. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Good. I just called to echo what the last caller said about um, the difference between those of us that acknowledge Christ and uh, those that don't. And I'm looking out here at my home at the commons, which is filled with dandelions, (laughs) which a lot of people don't like, but it's a sign of spring, and a flowering crabapple tree. And I'm looking at the sky. It's got some clouds, but they're like marshmallow. I don't know how anybody cannot just look at our earth, look at our loved ones. My daughter's birthday is tomorrow, so I'm busy baking a cake. But I just value the values that my my parents left with me, which was to put Christ in your life first mm-hmm. and then live your life as best you can and go from there. So I thank you for this program, Brian, because it's not every radio station that lets the listeners call in and share their mm-hmm. thoughts, and I appreciate that. No, you're very welcome. And as we all know, there were, I mean, there's Ten Commandments, but there's two areas one is to love yes. God, and the other is to love your fellow man. Love your neighbor as and, yourself, yeah. exactly. And, and those are the two. And everything else yes. just fits somewhere wow. under those two. So Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, the Lord bless you and your ministry there at the station and also your family. Well, thank you, Joan. I appreciate the phone call. Mm-hmm. Have a great day. You too. Mm-hmm. 942. All right, uh, we go from Joan. We've got, is this Bobby? The Bobby? Yes, sir. Hey, how you been? Hey, good morning. I've been doing fine there, Brian. I called in uh, some time ago to uh, Jim Turpin, and I told him, see, I'm a Christian, and I walk by faith every day. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad to hear those that called in consider themselves as Christians. But I truly believe, I told Jim Turpin when he was the uh, DJ at the time, that I truly believe that God allowed Donald Trump to be president of the United States for one reason, to reveal hypocrisy and bigotry and... uh, and all corruption, just like in the book of Samuel in our Bible, mm-hmm. when the, when he allowed King David to be king of Israel, to reveal the hypocrisy and bigotry, that's what I told Jim. And I truly believe that, uh, I truly believe this in my heart. Every time I hear uh, Donald Trump say, God bless America, that is guaranteed he won't be in office very long. Hmm. That's, what I, that's what I call in just yeah. to say. All right. 
Hey, Bobby, thank you. And uh, I tell you that, uh, as you know, um, we have a short lifespan on this earth. So, um, you know, we don't always get a big picture of what we don't have the big picture. <laughs> so, you know, rulers and kings and presidents all come and go. And you got to remember that. So. All right. Yes, sir. All that right. Is very true. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Bobby. All right. 944. Anna Wall is here. Hi, Anna Wall. Uh, good morning, and I certainly hate to call in so often, but the uh, the, the uh, this show just stimulates my thought <laughs> and activates my memory. But anyway, some caller, about two or three callers back, was referring to the asbestos out there as Chinute. Mm-hmm. Well, people should be concerned. Now, I I am very fortunate to have a personal friend who is not only a fellow veteran, but a physician, who I concurred with over this, not that situation, but the fact that I heard that Love Corner, a church in Champaign, had asbestos in it. And he told me that that was a very dangerous disease and that it facilitated the deaths of a lot of people and that they should be concerned about getting rid of it before the members got it. So I'm calling to say that people should pay attention to uh, that co- to the calls coming in about mm-hmm. it. It's usually in a place else. Yeah. Because my doctor friend told me that it leads to mesothelioma cancer if you get it. So that's why I'm calling. Yeah. Well, I know that you know certain houses. There were you know if you uh, if you buy a house, I think houses built before what is it seventy nine or something like that. There was a lot of lead paint around, um, you know. And after a certain time, when you buy a house, you don't have to worry about it because they didn't do it anymore. But uh, you know, or at least it was minimized. So um, yeah. I just always find that interesting. Anyway, okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, Anna Wall. Uh, let's see here. We're at 946. Uh, let's go to Tom. Hey, Tom, good morning. Hey, good morning. I, you know, I was exposed to asbestos on a World War II aircraft carrier at Lexington, and we were home ported in Florida, Pensacola, Florida. Well, we went to Boston for overall, and they started tearing all that asbestos off them pipes. We went up there for a yard period, so I probably got that, you know, the, you never get rid of it in the lungs. I just... Pray to God I never catch cancer. But uh, on this uh, shootings on I-74, the Urbana police, the county mounties, the state police, they need to patrol. I believe it's near Lincoln Avenue. They need to patrol that very heavy because it ain't if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. There is probably going to be a fatality from these uh, punks shooting at automobiles and trucks oh, and you know yeah. it could cause a very serious uh accident that could lead to several fatalities oh sure you're but talking about the, you're talking about the bb guns right uh, yeah, yeah yeah and the uh, little boy got hurt in monticello and thank god it didn't his eyes but they they need to uh, rein these people in quick because uh and i travel on 74 i'm north of urbana in summer township but i go to 74 to go over to Champaign, you know, just to avoid a lot of the town traffic, and I'm scared to go on it now. But uh, I just, I hope they can, hope they can catch him, Brian, before something real bad happens. Yeah, me I mean, too. 
fatality. Yep. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Tom. 9.48, we'll take a break. We'll uh, talk a little bit here about uh, Illinois baseball uh, tonight, uh, the, the beer tent, barbecue night, all of that up in a moment. All right, some uh, texts on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, and we'll talk Illinois baseball here real quick. Uh, text in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line says, this is from, uh, I don't know who it's from. It says, what's up with the chicken in the right field, or in the field, excuse me, what's up with the chicken in the field right before the Market Street exit on Interstate 57? I don't know. And also, relocating Burnham Mansion seems to be an impossible and unwise undertaking. Any thought given to future location, tree cropping slash removal, high line interference, and by July, get real. Talking about the Burnham Mansion uh, that was purchased uh, and uh, eventually will be moved and as part of the Unit 4 expansion, and the uh, Keep Central Central. All right, Illinois baseball coming up tonight at 6, the Bleacher Bum Barbecue. You've got a beer tent over there now. Brett Moore is with uh, Sports Information. Brett, how are you? Good, Brian. How are you? Good. You getting ready for the big uh, big night? Yeah, a lot of excitement around here, expecting a lot of people over at Illinois Field tonight. Well, let's start. Uh, of course, uh, the beer tent, that's something new. Now, these other schools, have uh, Purdue's been doing this for a while, I think, uh, other schools in the Big Ten, right? So it's not new to the Big Ten Conference. No, not necessarily new to the Big Ten Conference or college baseball in general. There's a pretty decent amount of teams around the country that do it. Purdue's one of them, Ohio State's another. Penn State sells beer in their suites. So it's not a new thing, but it's definitely a new thing for us. Yeah, and that'll be uh, – where is that going to be located? It's going to be located on the left field line. Uh, we have a fenced-off area uh, and a tent over there mm-hmm. for all and, the fans to go to. And so people will need to stay around there, I guess, right, stay in there? Yeah, the fans will have to stay. The fans that buy beer have to keep the beer in the fenced-off area down the left field mm-hmm. line. And you've got some other drinks available, too, so it's not just that, right? Yeah, of course, we have regular concessions, and we have uh, soda and snacks and stuff in the mm-hmm. beer tent. We have our regular concession stands open. Uh, for everybody okay so that's uh that's new at least uh you know it's been a revenue for some of the schools that have done it so it's not again unusual and of course at the football and uh, basketball games you've got uh, in some of the uh, premium premium seating i guess it's happened before you've got the barbecue uh how's that work tonight the free barbecue hickory river barbecue hickory river is a sponsor of the event for the first 500 fans uh, that come five o'clock is when the barbecue starts that'll be down the left field line as well so First come, first serve. Expecting to be a lot of people out there pregame before the game starts at six o'clock. Yeah. So if you're after that, can you still buy the barbecue, or is it, or is that it? No, the barbecue cuts off, so you just have to settle for the regular concession stand <laughs> after that. Um, but we do have enough for five hundred and maybe a little more uh, after that. Yeah. Well, there's excellent food in the concession stand, so you don't have to worry about that. Yep, excellent food <laughs> and. Uh, you can enjoy a beer with your barbecue. There you go. Well, we, we've been feeding Dave Lone over there for 30 years, so, you know, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time. So uh, what else do we got? Fireworks tonight after the game? Yeah, fireworks after the game, um, as is usual for the Bleacher Bum Barbecue, which, you know, usually we get around two to 3,000 people. We've had as many as 5,000 people at one of the first Bleacher Bum Barbecues, so we get good crowds for it and, uh, expecting another huge crowd tonight yeah so you are expecting a big crowd i guess the weather helps right yeah we kind of hit the jackpot on the weather it's supposed to be 75 a little bit of clouds but really nice out there tonight so we're really lucky from that standpoint the weather alone usually draws good crowds and when you add in all these other facilities uh, uh, activities that are going on and also we're playing really good baseball so 
hopefully a lot of fans come out. Yeah, you mix all this in, and plus it's a big series, right, for Dan Hartlip's team? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a huge series for us. Uh, we're ranked about 44 in the RPI, which has a huge bearing on who gets into the NCAA tournament. We're a projected NCAA tournament team right now, as is Ohio State. Um, both teams are in the top of the conference. We're in fourth place right now. They're one game behind us, so it's huge on the field as well. Well, Brent, we appreciate all the info, and uh, we'll look for the big crowd. I guess people that haven't gone before would normally park, what, just west of the, the baseball stadium there, right, on the grass? Yep, just west of the baseball stadium. There's a grass, light that, grass lot there. The parking is free, um, and no tickets are needed to the game. The, the game is free as well. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, Brett, have fun. We'll let you get back to work. All right. Thank you, Brent. Thank you. That's uh, Brett Moore. He's with uh, Sports Information Baseball. The uh, softball team, by the way, has their uh, big tailgate tomorrow. So you can do baseball tonight, do the barbecue if you're there early. Uh, you got the fireworks. They got the beer tent for the uh, baseball game, the tailgate for softball tomorrow. When you think about it, all of our spring sports teams, you've got uh, baseball and softball are in contention for NCAA, you would think, by virtue of how they finish here. The uh, men's and women's tennis teams are both in the NCAA. And the men's and women's golf teams are in the NCAA as well. The women up in Madison, the men in Columbus. So, man, it's rolling right now. All right, 9.56. Another quick break. We'll come back, uh, close it out for this first hour, and then we'll uh, visit with the parents of uh, Kayla Mueller. We'll tell you more about that in a moment. Hey, completing a college degree doesn't necessarily mean new graduates are armed with the know-how to avoid financial pitfalls. More than 70% of college graduates begin their career owing $37,000 or more in student loans. And Busey offers tips to avoid some of the traps by new graduates. Avoid racking up debt. Busey offers a variety of credit cards to help you meet your long-term goals. Create a budget. Keep track of your spending patterns. Boy, those are important things, aren't they? Uh, contribute to your new employer's retirement plan from day one. Boy, that's the biggest advice I'd give. Start saving early. Meet with your banker. Touch base to outline your unique financial needs and objectives. And prepare for challenges Planning ahead, developing your financial safety net as needed. Busey understands the challenges faced by new college graduates. Visit Busey.com. Call 1-800-67-BUSEY. Back with more. We'll tell you about our parents of Caleb uh, Mueller next. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397, email talk at WDWS.com, or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. Welcome back. Penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS. Glad you're with us on this Friday, wherever you might be listening. We had a lot of uh, great conversation in the first hour. We'll resume some of that here a little later in this hour. Uh, one text left over from the last hour, just to kind of wrap everything up there, a text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. It says, Cone and Trump have both said and still say that at the time of the payment to the uh, porn star, Trump was unaware. Of course he knew about it later. Everyone did. Does anyone, including Tony, know for certain Trump had sex with her? Personally, I don't care either way. Very rich people are always targets for people trying to get rich. This isn't a 20-year-old naive intern, just another attempt to bring down President Trump by the swamp. That text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line from Bill. And also, I mentioned right before the break, I don't know if we've got an answer on this, what's up with the chicken in the field right before the Market Street exit on 57? 
Is that like a billboard or is it uh, chickens running loose? Or I don't know quite what, what's there. So I don't travel on Market Street a lot necessarily. So anyway, if you know, text us or let us know. Uh, coming up here next, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and visit with um, a couple of folks who have been Champaign residents at one time. Carl and Marcia Mueller, they're the parents of the late Kayla Mueller, who was involved in humanitarian work in Syria, captured by ISIS, uh, and eventually perished in Syria. And uh, also going to be uh, those two, Carl and Marcia, along with uh, Dr. Alhidi, Omar Alhidi, who's a local Carl physician who's worked with uh, Doctors Without Borders in the Mideast. Uh, they're all going to be speaking on Sunday, uh, May 6th at 3 o'clock at St. Peter's United Church of Christ, that's on uh, 905 Russell Street in Champaign, talking about uh, Kayla and her work and what got her involved. And uh, so uh, we're going to uh, visit with them here a few minutes and then come back and resume our open forum conversation here on Penny for Your Thoughts. They lost their daughter. She had a heart for others uh, in a very tough place in Syria. You've heard all the chemical weapons and the civil war and the multifaceted uh, angle of that particular conflict. And uh, we're going to talk to Carl and Marsha Mueller, who now live in Arizona, but they're former Champaign residents coming back and uh, talking about what they're going to be talking about Sunday at 3 o'clock at St. Peter's United Church of Christ uh, at 3 o'clock on Sunday. We'll come back and do that next on Penny for Your Thoughts. Welcome back. Penny for Your Thoughts continuing here as we look ahead to a weekend event occurring at St. Peter's United Church of Christ at 905 South Russell Street in Champaign. On a Sunday afternoon here, May 6th at 3 o'clock, uh, there's going to be some special guests here that are going to be in town uh, talking about a very serious situation that is ongoing uh, in Syria and in the Middle East. Uh, Carl and Marsha Mueller are going to be speaking along with Dr. Omar Elhidi, who's a local Carl physician who has been in the past with uh, Doctors Without Borders. The Mueller's uh, with us on the phone here today as we uh, look ahead to their presentation on Sunday and First up, we have uh, Carl Mueller, who's uh, the father, and then, then Marsha Mueller will follow, of uh, Kayla Mueller, who went to the Middle East, uh, did a lot of uh, humanitarian work, not only in Syria, but in other places as well. And um, she passed away, unfortunately, uh, back a couple of years ago. And uh, there's been some various articles on her. CBS News did a, a feature on their evening news by Scott Pelley, A Bright Light in a Dark Place, from February of 2015. But I want to just talk with them very quickly about what they're going to be talking about on uh, Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. And Carl Mueller is with us uh, today. Uh, Carl, good to have you on today. Thank you for visiting with us for a couple minutes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's my privilege to be on the show, and we appreciate you doing this, Brian. Well, very much so. And uh, I know uh, we'll talk about your daughter and her work and Dr. Alhidi and all that he has been involved with. But uh, at St. Peter's United Church of Christ, I think you found out in all this, and you knew about this, but what, your grandfather was a minister there at one time at that church? Yes, yes. My grandfather was a minister for St. Peter's for 30 years. And uh, and uh, when uh, the historian there at the church, Cheryl Kennedy, did the 150th anniversary uh, book, she, uh, she kind of put two and two together and reached out to us. She, uh, she of course, knew about Kayla and found out that... Uh, that my grandfather was the minister, and uh, it's been it's been quite enlightening. I've actually learned more about my family through her in the book than than I probably ever knew. <laughs> well, tell us uh, why you're coming. Uh, t- obviously, to talk about Syria and all that's going on, the humanitarian work. But 
obviously involves your daughter as well, who um, gave her life over there. Yes. You know, we we do these sort of things to keep Kayla's legacy alive and 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 keep her memory in, in people. Um, she was a humanitarian through and through, and she went there to, to work with people and uh, relieve the suffering. And uh, unfortunately, she was captured by ISIS and uh, later, after a year and a half in captivity, was, was killed by them. Mm-hmm. Is it a situation? So, Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it, the, the goal is to just continue, as I say, her legacy and, and promote humanitarian aid, whether it be here in our country or abroad. And I think the theme of the whole program is uh, who's our neighbor. And uh, Kayla was so good at, uh, at just being friends and neighborly with everyone, no matter where it was. If they were in need and they needed help, Kayla was there. So she uh, did uh, humanitarian work in several places, right? Not just Syria? Oh, yes. She was actually based in Turkey and was working for an NGO there, Support to Life. Um, she, When she was in high school, uh, she received the Presidential uh, Silver Award and Gold Award for Public Service and many other awards. In, in college, she was uh, she worked at the um, International Center for International Students. She volunteered at the Coconino County Jail and taught uh, anger management to the uh, female inmates there. Mm-hmm. She worked with Saved Our Four. You know, the list goes on and mm-hmm. on and on of what she did. And that's just what her life was all about. Yeah, she obviously had a had a big heart. Was that something you noticed in her early in her life? Oh, absolutely. You know, as a young child, uh, she started in junior high volunteering at different places here in Prescott, and uh, she got involved with uh, a group that was an uh, intergenerational uh, group. She actually spoke in D.C. for that group when she was in high school and also spoke at one of their conventions down in Phoenix. Now, that civil war has been going on in Syria for several years. Uh, it seems to me, as someone who's never been there, uh, what did your daughter discover there? I mean, is it hard to tell what side you're on? Uh, you've got different factions. You've got different. You've got ISIS. You've got the Syrian government. But she, I know Kayla, was concerned about the people, what was going on. But what what were some of the things she mentioned that she was seeing when she would, uh, I don't know if she contacted you by letter or cell phone or how, but what were some of the things she was seeing? Well, you know, Marsha's here with me as well, and I think she would probably like to to fill the listeners in on that, I'll hand the phone to her. Okay, very good. Hi, Brian. This Hi. is Marcia. Yeah, we were uh, we were talking. I don't know if you heard my question. We were talking about uh, what your daughter saw and heard in Syria. A very complicated situation there with multifaceted uh, armies and and divisions. And you had ISIS and the Syrian government. What were some things when she was over there that she, if when you did hear from her, uh, I guess, and how did you hear from her? What, what were you hearing? Well, I, I think. When Kayla was taken by ISIS, it was back in August of 2013, and really ISIS wasn't even known about then. Kayla went to Turkey to help the Syrian refugees who were actually being bombed by Assad. Um, So she was there to help the people that were trying to flee the Assad regime. Um, ISIS 
came in there because of that hole that was allowed for them to just come in and take over. Um, so even when she was taken, um, when one of the Syrians that was with her got out, when we asked who had Kayla or who they were, he said he really didn't know either. They called themselves the Islamic State of Iraq and Sham, um, or Al-Sham. And I remember saying, what is Al-Sham? Hmm. And he said it means Syria. So... Um, so at the time, her heart, like I said, was to help the people that were fleeing from their homes. She believed that there needed to be a no-fly zone um, because she was taking those people to the hospital and she was being called by families in Syria while she was in Turkey asking if they could go find their child who had been you know, found by someone else and taken to a different hospital and they just couldn't find their family. So that's what drew Kayla in. Mm -hmm. um, as far as when she went into Syria, it was um, to go to a Doctors Without Borders hospital. Um, their communication system, there was a problem with the satellite and she went in with a group of Syrians abroad who she had been working with in Turkey to um, that hospital. They ended up having to stay overnight there, and it seems like someone let this horrific group know. And so they were taken once they left the hospital. Mm -hmm. Did you, I know there was some speculation of how she passed away. Have you ever found that out? We have not. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing we are told that the U.S. government has are the photos that we were sent, which are not very clear. Um, we believe that they must have had, when President Obama came out and said that she had been killed and killed by ISIS, when ISIS was saying she had been killed in an airstrike, we were sure the government must have had more information, but we continue to pursue this. And as of now, the only thing we do know is the government says she was killed, they don't know where she was killed, how she was killed, or by whom she was killed. Hmm. Um, but they say they believe she was killed, but they have no other information hmm. at this time. Our guests uh, this so, morning, our guests this morning for a few minutes are Carl and Marcia Mueller. Uh, they'll be speaking and presenting with Dr. Omar El Hidi, a local Carl physician who worked with uh, Doctors Without Borders. This will be at St. Peter's United Church of Christ. 905 Russell Street in Champaign, Sunday, uh, May 6th at 3 o'clock. Um, quite a big heart for such a young person. And, I mean, that's that's not like going to the next county. That's uh, You're going right into a war zone. That uh, speaks a lot about her, I think. Well, she, she graduated from college in two and a half years so she could get out in the world. And within two months, she was in India working in an orphanage. Um, so she did have a heart for people. She sent us a quote, and it said, I find God in the suffering eyes reflected in mine. If this is how you are revealed to me, this is how I will always seek you. Um, and that's what she was doing. Mm -hmm. So she just saw the suffering in people, and she just tried to understand all people. Um she was, she was an amazing young lady from a young, young age. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, uh, either you or, or Carl can answer uh, how well you know Dr. Alhidi. Uh, obviously, his work was very important in the refugee camps as well, right? 
Yes, we actually have never met Dr. Alhidi. Uh, we look forward to, to being able to do that. We know that he worked with the Syrian American Medical Society, a group of Syrian doctors that uh, that support their people back home, and, and they, they go in to Syria and they work in the hospitals, and uh, it's, it's very, very dangerous. Two-thirds of the hospitals in Syria have been bombed, and they're targeted that way. Um, we've been to two of the Syrian American Medical Society's uh, annual banquets, and uh, we know many, many good people in, in that group that put their lives on the line to support their people back home. So we look forward to, to meeting Dr. Alhidi. We know that he has been a part of, a, it's called SAM, Syrian American Medical Society. And, uh, you know, we, we, look, we look forward to doing the program with him because he'll have some insight for us as well. Before I let you go, uh, just uh, your thoughts in general. I mean, we live in a pretty, I mean, in the in America, I mean, we face difficulties every day, but I don't know if we fully grasp a situation like that in Syria, do we? No, I really don't think we do. Um, you know, we've been drawn into this because of Kayla. We keep track of what's going on over there. And we're going to share a lot of, of her letters with uh, uh, the people there at the church on Sunday and a lot of what she saw and, and what she thought of that situation. And it touches many, many people. Her story, Kayla's story, touches people, and it inspires them to be uh, a better person and, and more of a humanitarian and reach out to help people. And what she saw there was absolutely just devastation uh, and I think people go through life here in the United States with blinders on. You know, they're so busy with their lives, their everyday uh, work and home and, and everything. Um, it's hard to to take in what's going on over there and the humanitarian crisis that it is. Mm -hmm. And with all the, the chemical weapons and everything that we just saw here recently, I mean, it's, um, it's a timely topic. So I know um, we'll look forward to... Uh, hearing what goes on, and, and, and that'll be on Sunday, May 6th at 3 o'clock at St. Peter's United Church of Christ on Russell Street, 905 Russell. And, of course, uh, Deborah Owen is the uh, minister over there. And so we'll look forward to uh, hearing the presentation on uh, Sunday. Thank you very much, uh, Carl and Marcia, for being with us, and we'll look forward to uh, Sunday. No, well, thank you, Brian. We appreciate being on the show. Yes, thank you. Carl and Marcia Mueller with us, the parents of the late Kayla Mueller who uh, perished in Syria back in uh, 2015, and they'll be presenting on Sunday here at St. Peter's United Church in Champaign with Dr. Omar El-Hidi, a local Carl physician who's been Doctors Without Borders. And we'll take a quick break and come back with more Penny for Your Thoughts after this. Penny for Your Thoughts continuing here on this Friday. And I uh, want to remind you that Swanson Roofing, they've got some great weather to work in right now. Corey Swanson, the... Uh, Swanson Roofing Company, the roofing dog, as you've seen. Swanson Roofing, truly a family-owned business. Corey's a graduate from Rantoul High School up there in northern Champaign County and the University of Illinois. He and Melissa involved closely with everything that goes on with the roofing dog. Comprised of roofing professionals, certified in roof installation. All of the crew are company employees, receive full benefits and 401Ks, so they're incentivized to do a good job for him and for Melissa, but also for you, the customer, obviously. And they guarantee their workmanship for the lifetime of the roof. The materials they use are guaranteed for 50 years. And Swanson Roofing takes responsibility and ownership of every past customer, and that's the cornerstone of their business. 
Swanson Roofing, the roofing dog, providing services in Champaign, Vermilion, Ford, and McLean counties. Call 217-355-ROOF, 217-355-7663, or visit Swanson Roofing online at theroofingdog.com. Michael Kaiser has news headlines. Back to the open forum. Got some texts that have come in uh, during our interview with the Mueller's. And we'll come back uh, with more and a couple other things I want to uh, talk to you about as we continue here on this Friday on Penny. Back on Penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS. Going to open forum here up until the top of the hour. We'll tell you about a special event for the 0405 basketball team here before the hour is done. A couple of things, a couple of texts came in, a couple of news notes, I guess. One, North Korea moves three detained Americans to a hotel ahead of the planned President Trump-Kim summit. So that's interesting. And also a text from Keith. He says, it's nice that Bobby has the insight on God's opinions and plans for his people. He says, now I'm all confused because God told me he brought Trump to the presidency because our need for a return to our founding principles was the only way to cure the tyranny from the last 25 years. It's time to stop the whiny leftist movement and get back to individual liberty what you can bring to the country, and having personal responsibility. He also knew uh, Trump had a belief that the government adds no value to our economy when it taxes people to provide extravagance to others. Too bad he didn't do it right after Reagan. Maybe we'd still have Boy Scouts. That uh, text in from Keith. 3569397 is how you can join us. Hope you're voting online. The People's Choice, the uh, best of East Central Illinois. Go to WDWS.com and cast your votes. In some are all of 150 categories, they tell me. The uh, People's Choice brought to you in part by Central Illinois Credit Union. I don't know if you've known uh, the um, IHSA officials, Tribune with a big article today about how difficult it's been to get people to be referees and umpires and so forth. They say at some of the um, games, whether it's youth games, little league games or whatever, parents are a little too intense. That's part of it. And a couple of stories out of Chicago, it actually got a little violent. People complaining about a call that the referee or umpire made. So the IHSA has had some uh, initiatives, I guess, to try to draw more people into the uh, referee world, if you will. National Federation of State High School Associations launched the Become an Official campaign last year, providing recruitment materials to its members, including the Illinois High School Association. The chief executive over in Indianapolis said the first year of the campaign was geared toward college students, resulted in the recruitment of nearly 800 new officials. IHSA Executive Director Sam Knox said the campaign and other recruitment efforts are working, but there's still a need for officials across all high school sports. says there are 12,310 licensed officials in the IHSA, about 2,000 less than the association could call on during the 2010-11 school year. What, eight years ago? One guy uh, said, no matter what call I made, I would have parents yelling and screaming. As uh, one uh, owner of uh, Skyline Athletes, Ryan Chimura, said why he quit officiating. If you go to a lot of games, I mean, sometimes it um, gets a little wacky out there. I mean, uh, I think the... (laughs) With parents, and it gets intense. I don't know if they're living vicariously through their kids or, or what's going on. But I, I sometimes I, and I've seen it over the years at various events like that. It's like, you know, guys, it's just a game. It's not that serious. 
when they're jumping all over the umpire, yelling from one end of the field or whatever. I, I just I'm like just need to chill a little bit. But anyway, that uh, it's interesting. The numbers actually show that it's been harder to recruit uh, officials and umpires and so forth because of that. The other thing I wanted to mention too, and I've, I've mentioned a couple of times, uh, you had that dinner the other night, the correspondence dinner where Sarah Huckabee Sanders was a ridicule, I guess, or made fun of by the comedian up there and um, how she responded to all of that. Uh, she actually, uh, her staff, from what I understand, wanted her to leave at different times. I mean, she was getting messages saying, you just need to get up and walk out. And she hung in there and um, she did not. She just kind of smiled as, you know, she was what I think a lot of people considered um, insulted by Michelle Wolf from the podium. And then apparently she went to an after event uh, at MSNBC. MSNBC, who is not obviously a conservative network, but uh, she went there and showed up at one of their tent parties afterwards. And people couldn't believe that she was smiling and she handled everything really gracefully. Talking about Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the president's spokeswoman. And it was interesting the statement was made that um, it shows how big a person she was to be able to handle all of that. So I, f I found that story very, very interesting about how she went about it. There's a, quite a detailed story, if you Google it, about what uh, she did and how she handled everything there. And apparently the uh, correspondence, a lot of the um, <clears throat> White House press corps or whatever that was there, got together and got her some flowers, basically saying they didn't necessarily approve of all of the... Um, they just felt bad for her the way they thought she was kind of verbally assaulted from the stage at the correspondence dinner. So you probably have seen some of the stories on that, but I just found her reaction interesting to it and how she handled everything. We're at uh, 1044. Let's go uh, to the phones here. Alan is up. Hi, Alan. Good morning. Morning, Brian. You kind of touched on my uh, subject. I, uh, yeah. As you probably know, I do a lot of umpire and refereeing. Yeah. I... Uh, Personally, I think it's gotten easier for me, but maybe it's because I've gotten a little better over the years. I don't get chewed at as much as I used to in my younger days. Or maybe your hearing's gotten worse. Uh, I, that's definitely <laughs> has, has happened. No, I'm, I'm sure it's because you're at the top of your game. but. Uh... Well, for now. Yeah. But so... uh, I think part of the problem is, Brian, the kids coming up nowadays, uh, they don't – they have – thinner skin than they used to back in my day. I mean, uh, once uh, the parents and the start, coaches start jumping on them, well, that seems to be pretty much it. You either can uh, ride it out or you can't. Uh, and, and we're getting older. I mean, uh, there's going to be a bunch of us going to be quitting in the next five years, and softball's already got a major shortage, baseball. Basketball's headed there. Uh, what amazes me is that very few women that does it, especially basketball. There's mm -hmm. a few that does softball and volleyball. Mm -hmm. But that that's where I think, in my opinion, we need to recruit more women somehow, some way. But I know it's harder with having a family and all that. Sure. So you think that's going to be a real problem the next yeah. few years because so would, would you may have to cut games back. So would you agree that it's uh, so the chirping from parents has gotten worse over the years? I mean, is it? Really, Brian? I don't think so. Not in my area. Yeah. I'm sure up in, in the bigger cities they are especially when you got aau stuff going on like that mm -hmm. 
everybody's got a stake in the in their players or teams. Mm-hmm. But down here, it's not so much. Uh, most administrators down here will not put up with it. Yeah. Well, it's so, been a problem apparently because they're they're having a tougher time getting people to do it. You know, they have to, um, you know, try to try some recruitment efforts, I guess, to to make it happen. Well, it is. I mean, it's it's tough down here too. Yeah. It's all over. Yeah. I hear other. I see other states got the same problem too. Yeah. Hey, Alan, thanks for the call. Yep. All right, back in a moment with more Penny for Your Thoughts. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. Well, today is May the 4th, you know, right, for all you Star Wars people, and I'm in there, I, I watch them all, may the 4th be with you, right, there you go, <laughs> okay, alright, kill the music, thank you Ed, appreciate it, Star Wars, may the 4th be with you, alright, 10.50 here, a couple of callers waiting, let me uh, bring on Matt here real quick, Matt McCumber, is that you? Yes, sir. How hey, you doing? How are you? Good. Good. Tuscola. Tuscola product, uh, part of our uh, post-game coverage team. Took uh, your calls on the men's basketball season. You were the senior manager in 0405, right? I was, and yeah. I had the greatest experience of my life yeah. for a small-town boy like me that grew up <laughs> watching a line of basketball. It, there couldn't have been anything better. Yeah, well, you were Tuscola. I was Tolono, of course, so we were Illini fans growing up. And uh, I had a front-row seat. Right. You had the, the insider seat. And that team is being honored uh, tomorrow night over at uh, Redbird Arena there at ISU. It's the uh, Illinois Basketball Coaches Association Hall of Fame, the 0405 team being honored and inducted into that Hall of Fame uh, tomorrow night. So that's going to be pretty fun. Are you gonna You're going to be able to go? Yeah, I am. I'm really looking forward to it. My mom and sister are coming with me and uh, just be a chance to hopefully I, – I haven't seen the entire uh, invite list of all who's confirmed coming yet, mm-hmm. but I do know Calvin Brock will be there. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping as many guys can get back as, as possible just to be a nice chance to reminisce and uh, get back in touch with one another. Yeah. I know, uh, and I don't think Coach Weber is going to be able to make it because his daughter is getting married, his youngest That's daughter. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the same day. So uh, I'm guessing between the two, uh, those are two great events in your life, and you probably should pick your daughter's wedding. But uh, Yeah, I, th- I think he's making the right call there. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, uh, I, I told him I'd give him the, uh, the 411 of what went down and uh, you know, tell, tell every, everybody hi for him. Yeah. Let me ask you before, I go, before you go, Matt. Yeah. Uh, you had, I had a front row seat, but you had the inside seat every day. Uh, right. A lot of things were great about that team. What did you see day-to-day that made that team so special? Day-to-day, it was the competitiveness. I've never been around more competitive people in my life. And, you know, I've always said this uh, when people have asked, but it, it didn't matter if it was bowling uh, outside of basketball or during practice or during games. They always they, – when practice was over – most of the guys stayed and played one-on-one for an hour or two after practice. They just loved the game. 
They were ultra competitive, and they they didn't want to be beat. And it was the refuse to lose attitude that we obviously saw in the Arizona game. But throughout the entire season, the, the competitiveness just rose to the top every game. Yeah, no surprise they won as many games as they did. I mean, they had talent too, obviously, but. Uh, you know, there's there as you know, Matt. There's a lot of good teams that have great talent that lose in the first round of the NCAA. So exactly, you know. yes, and it happens every year. But it it was just a special group of guys, special team, and um, you know, I, I'm really glad we all got to have that experience because I I really believe they did deserve it. Yeah. Hey, Matt. We'll see you tomorrow night over there. That'll be fun. Well, well sounds great. Yeah, looking forward to it, and uh, hopefully we can get as many guys back and. Uh, Enjoy the time together. Okay. Hey, thanks, Matt. No problem. Take care. All right. Matt McCumber from Tuscola, senior manager on the Illini 0405 team that's being into the Hall of Fame Illinois Basketball Coaches Association tomorrow night. All right. I got a couple minutes here with, uh, hey, Stan, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I have a couple of things I want to uh, talk briefly about. Okay. If you can uh, give them to me in a couple of minutes, uh, go ahead. I'm 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 trying to do that. Uh but anyway, a couple of days ago I called and I was uh, in my car driving and I had the uh police officer with a car stopped on the side and I was trying to make sure I didn't get in trouble. And I think it was Jim that called and attacked me basically personally and compared my calling while driving a car to Trump's treason. I don't think that calling and driving a car is a fair comparison, but that's the only way that conservatives can push back against the truth. They have to push back on an ad hominem basis. They cannot throw out facts or produce facts to protect their positions. And just last night we had Giuliani admitting that Trump's a liar. I mean, he's Trump's newest lawyer, and he admits Trump's a liar. That's the first thing. The second thing I wanted to talk about is this, uh, and I don't mean to say anything negative about uh, your your prior uh, guest caller whose daughter was life was lost in Syria, because she was a very brave and wonderful, giving person. But at one point in time, uh, your caller uh, said that ISIS uh, showed up in 2013. Uh, the reality is ISIS is about 3,000 years old, and about 2,000 years ago, it turned into an anti-Christian um, cult. It was the uh, goddess Isis uh, from Iraq in that area. I'm not exactly sure of the country that uh, she started out in. It might have even been... Uh, uh, been Greece. But anyway, it was her uh, transformation into an anti-Christian cult at the time of Christ that uh, the subsequent um, Muslims that W kicked out of Iraq and allowed to go free without any repercussions for their, their crimes as part of the uh, Saddam Hussein government that allowed them to morph into what is now called ISIS. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot of stories, I mean, a lot of facts there, yeah, with the, the Sunnis and the Shias and the back and forth. But, uh, 
Yeah, I think more 3, or less. 3,000 years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, the right. tenets, the 3, tenets, 000. yeah, the tenets of what they believe in go back, yeah, thousands of years. Uh, as far as being exactly. a military force, is, it was in the recent years. But, hey, Stan, thank you. But Have a great— was because, That was because W allowed the uh, leadership of the, uh, uh, the, the, the guard mm-hmm. to just lay their weapons down and walk over into Syria and create ISIS. Yep. No, there's a lot to, a lot of meat there, as you say, that uh, we made some mistakes. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Hey, Stan, thank you. Yep. Appreciate it. Back in a moment. Ryan Barnhart, back on Penny for your thoughts. Appreciate all of our uh, guests today and all the various phone calls and conversation. I love uh, open line conversation as well. We had covered a variety of topics and uh, some familiar and some new ones as well. So we appreciate that. Uh, let me tell you quickly about Steve and Pam Starwalt. Uh, they've been with Keller Williams. Uh, Damian Spencer's worked with them for 10 years. Damian Spencer is the guy I want to talk about, though. Uh, we know Steve and Pam. We've talked about them. But Fisher National Bank, 1710 South Neal. Damian's been in the mortgage business, uh, lending business, for over 20 years. Steve and Pam will get you lined up with Damian to determine if you're pre-approved for purchasing a home, how much you're pre-approved for when looking at a certain size of house. Today's Friday. Weather's going to be great. Maybe there's a lot of houses you want to look at coming up in the next uh, couple of days. Well, Damien at Fisher National Bank can tell you what you're pre-approved for, can get that information for you today. So you know if it's a $100,000 house, $200,000, $300,000, what are you approved for? What can you do when it comes to that? So the number to call is 239-7156. Steve and Pam Starwalt are the husband and wife team at Keller Williams. If you have questions about buying a home and how much is needed for your mortgage, call that same number They'll get you lined up with Damien from Fisher National Bank. He's been in this business a long time, again, over 20 years, and they can be fast and informational for you as you head out this weekend. So, again, Damien at uh, Fisher National Bank, 1710 South Neal in Champaign. Thanks again to all of our callers. We've got some uh, fun things for you lined up next week. Among things we'll be doing, we'll be visiting with Tom Bruno. Haven't talked to him in quite a while, Champaign City Councilman. I think we had him on in early January. We'll talk to him here in early May, among our other guests. And also the Libman family. You may have heard of them. They're being honored by Parkland. So all of that coming up next week and your open line phone calls and conversation. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the weather, all the sports action, and we'll see you Monday on WDWS Champaign-Urbana.